Blog Talk Radio. Here at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts, or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Welcome aboard, all you ground troops spinning around smartly on the planet. Hope everybody's fine, doing well on planet Earth. I had a little trouble connecting to the planet today. I apologize for that. If you ever hear music in the beginning, it's I can't find the right buttons. So welcome. I'm just having uh, technical difficulties with my brain and my body being a humanoid. I'm real excited to have the UFO ET is here program with Ben Pelham today. So uh, I've got Michael Lee Woods of Tennessee, who is my co-host. He actually works all day and had to hustle to get home and do uh, some fancy jiggling around. And I lost my my phone for my company, 9100, somewhere in my house, I hope. Only been out once. So I'm just having those old 70-year-old kind of moments. So I see there's a lot of people here. So uh, Michael Lee Woods, you want to introduce yourself first? Uh, excuse me. Yeah, I can do that. I am, I'm Michael Woods. Uh, I'm a amateur ufologist from uh, Tennessee. Uh, I've spent time as a field investigator for the Mutual UFO Network, and uh, I've had an interest in UFOs now for uh, about, oh, 40-odd years, give or take a day or two. And uh, since today is uh, July 20th, 2022, a uh, couple of interesting uh, pieces of history. Uh, it was 53 years ago today, uh, Neil Armstrong made his first steps on the moon. 
And 100 years ago today, uh, Mr. Barney Hill was born. And if you don't know who Betty and Barney Hill are, I suggest you read the book, The Interrupted Journey. And there's also a movie by the same name starring James Earl, Darth Vader Jones. Uh, It tells the story. It's the first really well-publicized alien abduction. And Betty and Barney also happen to be the aunt and uncle of the mutual UFO uh, network member who, who... Last I heard was in charge of the uh, alien encounters, alien abductions, and that's a Miss Kathleen Martin. So there's my bits of trivia for the day. Wow, yours is a lot better than mine, being old and not paying attention to reality with computers. Gee, I think the AI is getting to me. <laughs> So we're going to talk about all of that today. We've got uh, 253 and 571, but let me get good old Ben Pelham. Ben Pelham, you're next. Do you want to introduce yourself to everybody? We're sort of here in your honor with your Pelham Planetary Research Group. You've called a fancy meeting today. So introduce yourself and tell them who you are. Yes, it's uh, thank you, Teresa. It's good to be with you and Michael Woods also. I uh, hope my voice is, uh, can be heard. Yeah. Uh, I also expect, uh, I expect Tom Hubert, if he hasn't already called in, he will be. And I There's two to people here. Him. Pardon me? There's two people here, 571 uh, and 253. Okay. That would be Tom uh, Hubert, H-U-P-P-E-R-T, and uh, he lives in Washington State in the Tacoma area. Wow. And, uh, It'll be my honor to uh, introduce him in uh, just a, just in a you know a couple of minutes after I okay. kind of tell a little bit about myself. Uh, anyway, I'm ben, ben Pelham for your audience's sake. Is uh, I'm just a, a researcher out here that's inquisitive and started uh, researching uh, UFOs and uh, trying to find out if they were real or or lied about or what, and if uh, aliens actually existed. started that somewhere around two and a half to three years ago. My son had uh, always, since he was a young teenager, been interested in uh, studying the subjects, but I didn't know that. So about two and a half, three years ago, I set out to to prove to myself uh, being a fairly decent researcher, I thought, well, I'll just try to find out, see where I stand when I'm through uh, researching. And uh, I ended up with a resounding yes, (laughs) UFOs are real, and uh, uh, extraterrestrials are very real. And so uh, I started studying uh, deeper and deeper, and then uh, I ran on to... uh, researcher out of uh, the Netherlands. His name was Herbert Klein, and uh, he had the underwater complex that I talked about a little bit last week, up above the Arctic Circle. It's uh, in the province of Canada, and uh, that caught my attention, and I went up there with uh, using Google Earth Pro, and by the way, uh, Google Earth Pro 
the only use that you can use it for is uh, actually for Earth uh, targets. If you get on the moon, it is it is so sprayed over and uh, painted over that it's it's useless. The only it's not entirely useless. It does have one uh, use for you up on the moon and Mars. Uh, it does uh, give you the coordinates of uh, where you are, and it will accept coordinates to where you'd like to go. Uh, other than that, uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's useless. And uh, anyway, it was uh, down on Earth and in the water. It, it it proved to be invaluable to me because I got beautiful. Uh, images there, and uh, they can. Uh, this particular uh, place can be seen on my YouTube channel. Just, just uh, for your audience, they can just go to Ben Ben Pelham and look in there, and you'll find a very short uh, screen capture video showing the uh, wonderful uh, underwater installation that that's there. And so I'll speed up just a little bit. I went uh, to, with inspiration from that. I found uh, and have on my website uh, 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 photos of other installations that I have found in the, in the in lakes uh, around the world and down in Antarctica. And so that's kind of how I got into this. And uh, and then so in the I thought well if I can find stuff in the murky water and everything. I remembered Herbert Klein talked about. Uh, when I first signed on to him, I was following him, and he he was doing a little research on Mars, and he he alluded to having the best places to work would be in the dark places, and he was really referring to the outer rim of these uh, craters, which they they paint on kind of like a fake shadow, but that's where he seemed to find his stuff, and so that stayed in my mind and. I went to, to the moon to, to try it out, but it didn't go that time with Google Earth Pro. Like I said, it's useless up there. Uh, I started investigating, and I found out, uh, looking through alternative uh, telescopes, that one of them uh, turned out to be a, a wonderful telescope, and it was a worldwide telescope, a client, and it's, uh, it's put out by the... Uh, American Astronomical Society, and it, it's uh, made free for anybody to use. Inside that uh, virtual uh, telescope, it's like a, a virtual globe. That particular globe used images uh, from uh, from the moon that NASA did with its satellite uh, imaging and Clementine and, and other other systems up that went there. The satellite systems. And they took the uh, photos of all the land and then and put it on the virtual globe. And here comes Ben Pelham. And uh, so I got in there and I, I remembered what Herbert Klein said. Look in the shadows. And the first place I went was into the shadows. And uh, the rest of it was history. I've got 11 pages of wonderful images on my uh, website. PelhamPlanetaryResearch.com. So I know our time is compressed tonight, uh, uh, Teresa. Uh, if if you will, I, I would like to bring uh, Tom Hubert on and uh, and let you hear some some from him. He's a wonderful researcher in Tacoma, Washington. 
Okay, Tom, um, spell your name for us and tell us where you are and uh, how you got into the business of knowing Ben Pelham and being part of this Pelham Planetary Research Group on radio. Okay, well, my name's Tom. My last name is Hubert, spelled H-U-P-P as in Paul, E-R-T. And, uh, you know, for me, uh, I was just a uh, sort of a casual observer. I've always been real interested in all of this kind of stuff. And there were a few uh, uh, YouTube uh, channels that always captured my interest. And I had uh, I had a picture that I'd saved uh, right out of somebody's uh, uh, video on YouTube. And it was an, an astounding picture on Mars. This is on Mars. And uh, it, it clearly showed uh, a civilization. And I, I, this is just one picture that I, I had been saving for so long, and I just kept looking at it and looking at it. And one day, while I was looking at it, here right in the middle of the picture was an image of a woman running uh, on a cliffside. And I just about fell off my bar stool. And... Um, and so that's that's where it began for me. I, I was compelled. I had to get this picture out. I, people had to see it, and uh, so uh, that's that's what when it started for me. I, I very, you know, I, I work. I like to say I work computers with my ankles. Um, and that was my first very crude video uh, that I got out called "The Jumping Woman," and uh, and it's it's gone on from there. And I've spent the vast majority of the last six years uh on mars uh and and it's been only in the last four or five months when uh ben finally got a hold of me and got my attention and uh and and sent me over to his uh his website and uh when i looked what he had on there mike about fell out uh i couldn't believe what i was seeing and uh and that's been true (laughs) All along, everything that I've seen on Mars, I, I, I find these things and I say, wow, that's just unbelievable. I just, you know, I just can't believe it. And the next thing you know, here comes another thing and another thing. And, and, uh, and it's just gone on from there. So I just put my head down and every time I found something I thought was interesting, I made videos of it. And so well, this I've been, is amazing. Uh, switching over to the moon, too. Well, good. I'm glad to hear we've had a few people in other countries, and then we had an event in 2017 uh, all about Mars, and we watched videos, and Ken uh, Johnston, who had photos of the moon, he presented his story in his book called Ken's Moon. And I don't know if you guys are going to be able to stay the full two hours, so uh, if we can – usually we can – get Ken to come on and talk about his stuff as well, but uh, not sure about the last hour, but now you said Tom Hubert, H-U-P-P-E-R-T? That's right. Mm-hmm. And what part of the country yeah. are you in? I'm in the Pacific Northwest. I'm uh, 25 miles south of Seattle in Tacoma, Washington. In Washington. Okay, good. I'd like to know where people yeah. are calling in and how... We can find each other uh, sooner or later. Well, I hope you stick around, Tom, and come back and keep Ben company and uh, help us with what he's building here because he feels like it's important enough 
to get people to pay attention to, and uh, it's slow going because it's hard to get people's attention out there anymore in cyberspace and how we're all working together. But uh, Mike here has been helping us for years in Mutual UFO Network, and then he is a a fan of sci-fi, and then I, of course, am an ET contactee and been involved with, uh, I guess you could say, people that may or may not understand how we've worked in and out of uniform in the military, but uh, I don't know how or where we're going to go with this conversation today, but I'm going to let Mike and Ben and you do most of the talking, and I'm just here to help and get the oral reports out there. And uh, Tom, did you do any prior military? Have you ever worn any type of uniform or anything like that? Uh, no, maybe a Cub Scout. That's good enough. Okay. Well, uh, I haven't talked to Ken today. I tried to call him, and as usual, I can't get through to his phone. But uh, I guess, Ben, whatever you want to do, if uh, you want Mike to uh, help us, or you and Tom want to have a conversation, I'm just here uh, to well, yeah, push I, the button. I would love to have, uh, have Mike uh, interject any time he wants to and anywhere where there's uh, any question he has or any comment that he has. And I, I know Tom will enjoy having, having him on there also. Uh, yeah, heck yeah, bring bring Michael in, and uh, he had some good questions last week, and I'm sure you'll have some more this week. So All right, Michael, well, y'all just rotate. Your thoughts, and we'll, we'll try to answer as best we can. All right, uh, Tom, now um, I yep. watched one of your videos. I only had time to watch one of your videos last night. I found your YouTube channel, thanks to Ben. And I managed to watch one, and I did leave a comment on it, but uh, you can ignore that because you're here now. Uh, and I also sent you a message on Facebook about the same thing, and you can choose to ignore it as well. But now you want to let people know what the name of your YouTube channel is so that they can find it. It's a tough one. It's called Tommy Tacoma. Right. One word. Uh, okay, now... I, like I said, I only had time to watch one video, but uh, how, how many videos do you have on your channel right now? I think there's around 200. I don't know the exact number. Um, and I, I would say that uh, probably the first uh, 100 or 150 of them are mm, pretty amateurish. And it's only been in the last two years or so that, uh, that I've been able to, uh, first of all, find good pictures, and I've learned a little bit more how to develop them. Okay. Now, I am going so to have I, to go back and look. I'm sorry, what were you saying? Well, I, generally speaking, if somebody wants to look at my, my uh, YouTube channel, I, I, I try to tell, I tell them to don't go any farther back than about two years because it's, uh, you know, it's not that great. But uh, from two years forward, uh, there's some pretty good stuff on there. Uh, Hello. I'm, not, I'm still here. I was I was formulating my question. Uh, uh, you you talked about that video of the uh, woman jumping on Mars. Yes. Uh, now, how 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 old did you say that was? I, I missed how how old you said that video was. 
Well, that was the first one I did. So it was probably uh, about six years old now, I think five or six years old. And I, okay. and I, I brought her back on a number of occasions and enhanced her so people could see her a little bit easier. But uh, uh, typically, you know, when somebody says they have a picture of a person on Mars, uh, you know, they're pretty hard to see and they're pretty iffy. Uh, but uh, the jumping woman is not hard to see, and she's not iffy, and she's not the only person I have either. Okay, I, I was I was going to ask if you had pic, uh, pictures or videos of any more people, so that answered that question. Uh, ben, let's let's turn to you for a second. Uh, now, have you have you uh, seen similar things in your research? I haven't seen any uh, any people yet. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know if it has to do with the distance uh, that the satellite was taking a picture down to where you see the tops of their head. But no, no, I haven't. Uh, I've mostly looked around on the moon and uh, and not not so much at Mars. And so uh, I've not. I've only found uh, installations of a. Uh, you know, huge production equipment and whatnot. Uh, I, I was looking uh, around, uh, reviewing a little bit around, and uh, that uh, that video of uh, Ingo Swan is really a magnificent uh, video. Ingo is dead now, but he was a one of the best remote viewers that that had ever lived. And uh, I put that video on my website. Uh, all i got to do is people just click on the videos and go down to the bottom, and you'll find that down there. Uh, they said in 1973 that Ingo was able, uh, just with his mind, uh, to control a, a temperature setting in a vacuum, seal vacuum, uh, somewhere, I guess, maybe a thousand miles away. But uh, George, uh, well, it wasn't George Norrie in this, in this instance, was uh, on a radio show out of New York City, uh, that it said that he was able, just his mind, to hold the temperature setting to, to a, given, uh, a given setting, and he, he could do it repeatedly. And he, uh, Ingo said the thing about remote viewing is uh, people... A lot of people think you you have to have a medium for going there, and he said that's a mistake that you're you're already there and whatnot. He also said some other interesting things that uh, tie in a little bit, uh, Michael. Uh, I didn't follow up uh, last week uh, when when you asked me if I thought the astronauts had uh, uh, why they didn't go back. Uh, I've reached a point. Now, uh, I'm leaning over into the column that they didn't go at all. And Engel uh, uh, Swan points out that they actually left three of uh, whatever they call them, the, uh, the rockets and everything that it takes to launch it. They, they had planned to, to launch 21 of them in the Apollo series. And he said they left three of them on the launch pad with no explanation at all. 
and uh, he said, uh, <clears throat> and he said another glaring, another glaring uh, thing to notice in in that picture is that uh, Clementine, uh, the project in I guess it was seventy five or something like that, where Clementine mapped the moon, and Engels Swan said. Uh, they actually possessed the ability from uh, to look at the uh, a, he called it a gum wrapper in a in a in the gutter of New York City at 400 to 1,000 miles up, and he said with that kind of uh, high definition cameras, and he and he he went on to say that particular mission had several different kinds of cameras, and he said the total absence of any high definition pictures which were promised but not delivered. He said that was very very telling about everything, you know, that went on on the moon. So I, I put that video over there in my videos uh, of my website, Pelham Planetary Research, and I'll try not to make this too long because I want Tom, I want him back on you <laughs> real quick. Uh, I, while I was at it, I put a wonderful video on there of the late uh, John Lear, John Lear was a test pilot, uh, CIA and everything else. He flew every kind of plane. His daddy was the inventor of uh, the Lear jet. But John was a strong believer in the uh, UFO and uh, extraterrestrial study, and he knew a lot. He knew a lot of people that knew a lot. And uh, he is interviewed by uh, George Norrie on the... I'm trying to think what to call his program, something West AM. Coast to Coast AM. Coast to Coast AM, yeah. George is one of my favorite uh, interviewers. And uh, there's a real nice video on there that I'd recommend anybody to listen to because John talks about, he has uh, Richard Hoagland also is in that video. And uh, John talks a whole lot about what they're mining on the moon and the industry that's going on up there. So with that said, I'd like to throw it back to to Tom Hubert. I'm just glad to have him here, and I'm honored to uh, to have him and, and uh, introduce him to to you and to Teresa and all of your uh, audience out there. Tom is going to make a good addition at, uh, to the effort to get this word out. Okay, Tom. Oh, thank you, Ben. It's yours now, buddy. Thank you. All right, Tom. Glad to be here. <laughs> you, you said you said that. Uh, are you focusing mainly on Mars, or do you check on the Moon and some of the other planets, or do you just focus well, uh, strictly on Mars? Well, I spent the vast majority of my time on Mars. Uh, I did uh, start looking at uh, places like Venus and some of the other moons around, and uh, and and. Uh, and then about, I think it's been about four or five months ago is when Ben and I finally made contact. And, uh, and then uh, pretty much since then, I've been almost entirely on the moon with all my videos. Uh, I, my heart draws me back to Mars because it is, I, you know, I, I really, I, I can't, I want to say it's such an amazing place, but I've completely run out of adjectives. Um, but it, it's an ama- it is an amazing place. Um, but 
the moon, I think, is more important because uh, it's right over our heads, right? It's it's one thing to say something about what's out there in the solar system and the cosmos and all that, and that's kind of out there. But uh, if if I were going to sit here and tell people on, on this show that uh, the moon is more populated than than our Earth is and they're right over our heads, that might get people's attention. So, now, uh, so I, I do. I, I've been on the moon a lot lately. Okay. Now, now, what, what Ben's told us what he's found there. What, what have you found? Have you found anything besides what Ben has been telling us about? Or? Well, yes and no. Um, you know, the the dark craters on the north and south pole are uh, again the adjective uh, astounding. What's there is truly unbelievable. And hard to understand in much much of the time. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, what was the question again? <laughs> uh, uh, go ahead. Uh, ben oh said yeah, he did I find more? Him. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, ben, so it, ben mentioned finding a bunch of installations. Uh, I was wondering if you'd seen anything, uh, if you'd seen the same thing or anything different besides installations. I guess is what I'm looking at. Yes, absolutely. The installations, whatever's in these dark craters, whatever you want to call it, it's absolutely there, and it's super easy for anybody to find. Um, The rest of the moon, so the dark craters are one thing, and then the rest of the moon, which is light-colored, on the worldwide telescope, all of the light-colored area on the moon is completely obfuscated. In other words, you you can't see what's in the light-colored areas. And there's been a couple times where I've uh, uh, tried to develop and tried to break through that obfuscation, and I did a little bit, and uh, what I came up with was uh, more buildings. Uh, It's my opinion, uh, based on the Worldwide Telescope and some other additional pictures that I've recently found, that the moon is completely 100% covered with buildings. Okay, that that would and seem to tie into something I've heard at one point. Now, at one point, uh, there is a, a theory going around that uh, the moon is, uh, well, the, the, word, the word they used was man-made. It might not have been man-made, but... Uh, well, let's say built was built and is not a natural moon. Uh, how how would you stand on that? Well, I think there's a, a really strong possibility of that. One of the things that we found in these dark craters is uh, they have <clears throat> these uh, concentric lines, these lines that go through the craters. Through it's a just a black line that goes through. The crater it can only be seen in the craters themselves uh, whatever they put over the white surface of the of the moon has covered up this line but um, it's it's a it's a line that goes all the way around the moon concentric lines all the way around I think there's uh, I don't know the exact number yet but somewhere around 30 concentric lines that go all the way around the moon, starting in a tight circle on the poles, and, of course, get larger the farther down they go. Um, so Ben thought that these are uh, um, 
uh, possibly a, a means of conveyance, uh, maybe a transportation. Uh, I don't know what they are because they're, they're, they look a little different in every, uh, in every, every time you see these, these dark lines. But um, it, it makes me think when I see these lines, it's almost as if this is a part of, of what they, part of what's left after they put the moon together, <laughs> after they constructed the moon. It, is, it, it looks like uh, maybe it's a seam or something like that. I don't know. But I think there's a really strong chance that the moon is artificial. All right. Uh, I'll get back to you in just a minute, Tom. Ben, I want to ask you the same question. Do you think the moon could be artificial? Uh, yes, I do. There's uh, 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 even Ingo Swan, uh, he was, he, he was of, of, uh, of that school. He, uh, he felt that that it was artificial, and he talked about it being, uh, they analyzed it, and the material that the moon was made out of was uh, shown to be several billion years older than the, uh, the stuff that's on, uh, you know, the, the dirt and rocks and things that are on Earth, so that they have, there's no relationship to the Earth like has, <clears throat> in some cases, has been taught that a collision took place <clears throat> on on Earth, and <clears throat> and then the residue formed the moon. They're saying now that that that's not the case. There's a woman though. Uh, I'd really recommend that people are really serious uh, studying stuff like this. Uh, her name is Eliana, the Star Traveler. Is uh, that's her handle she uses on YouTube. She's brilliant, and. Uh, she studied in the uh, secret space program, and she actually said that uh, she went inside of the moon and went uh, in, I guess you'd call it like an engine room, a big area where this uh, giant engine uh, is located in there. And uh, this engine, uh, as, as far as I could put it together, uh, it keeps the Earth uh, and moon relationship exactly where it's at because it's only showing one side of the moon to the earth all the time, you know, the same thing. And uh, <clears throat> they're saying, too, that anything hollow like that couldn't possibly be a satellite that uh, Carl Sagan or some of them said that it, uh, if it was a natural satellite, it, it, it would not be hollow, that it if it's hollow, it couldn't be a natural satellite. So that puts it in a big question mark over it. And uh, I'm, I'm in the column now that that it is uh, a created, uh, it's a created uh, object. I know Jimmy Roberts, uh, he goes by Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Roberts 1, I believe it's Jimmy Roberts 1's his YouTube channel. Uh, he found, uh, studying on the moon, uh, in one of his videos, uh, since all the NASA pictures and whatnot uh, have the sky blacked out, but he found some areas in the very old, old pictures that he was able to get in there and, and see what was in the sky. And he found some, uh, for the lack of a better word of it, looked like starships uh, that were actually above you. They were 
come all the NASA pictures uh, are are spray painted uh, black. It, uh, they're hiding all this stuff. But Jimmy went down on the floor of the moon, and one one of his videos in particular, uh, he said that part of the uh, top topography was actually mechanical, and he put it through its paces and showed why. And uh, Jimmy's pretty pretty smart uh, at stuff like that. He's very very smart guy. And uh, I would recommend uh, that the people who really want to check things out deeply uh, look for that video of uh, Jimmy Roberts on there. And you can also see those ships that he found that were uh, up in the sky of, of the moon. So there's a whole lot going on there. And uh, all of the uh, four pages of my website, the, the, the last four pages, uh, those images came off of the what I call the concrete gray, and uh, when you read up on it, they were referred to the, as like lava flow that became flat, it, and it's really the gray areas where you see the so-called man in the moon. Uh, all of that, all of that man in the moon stuff, that gray stuff, is absolutely. Uh, Populated from one end to the other, just like Tom said. And, uh, I've got, like I say, four pages of images that that show that to be true. And oddly enough, uh, these images look somewhat different, but uh, many, many of them have that conveyance uh, alleyway uh, in them too. And I think that the uh, that the concrete gray stuff, uh, I think that they, there's some kind of a uh, hologram or something that uh, is keeping that hidden from the, the scopes on Earth and other places, uh, because in order to get what I got out of it, you had to zoom and zoom, and you still didn't see anything else. Then you had to zoom some more. And once you do that, then it all came alive down there. So the moon is a very strange place, and I wouldn't be surprised uh, with the technology maybe a million years ahead of us, uh, that the whole thing that's presented to the Earth down here, uh, it, it's like a hologram. When you when the scopes down here are looking up there, they're they're not being able to see what's really there. And I've heard Tom talk about this also. So there's uh, there's something unanswered there uh, all the way around. They're tremendous. Uh, uh, minerals and ores up there in in real abundance. There's enough water, enough uh, there's enough oxygen in the soil. I was just reading earlier today at the test to get to uh, to keep eight billion people uh, going for one for one hundred thousand years. So if they have uh, their Say if they're a thousand to ten thousand to a million years ahead of us, and they got that kind of oxygen in their, that's in their top soil, the top layers of their soil only, then uh, it, it, it's a, it's a short jump to say, yeah, they, they got enough sense to get that oxygen out of there and use it. And Ingo uh, uh, Swan, the remote viewer, said there was oxygen there too. And they, Tom, Tom, John Lear's research uh, proved that also, and that there was greenery seen up there. And uh, to back that up a little bit, uh, uh, Bruce Schwartz of uh, 
Canada. He has a 14-inch scope, and every now and then he reports that he sees fire, uh, lights, uh, UFOs moving across the surface. Sometimes he'll see greenery and so on. So that kind of all ties together. And uh, they're just, it just, we're just, just now getting moving closer and closer to it. And what Tom and I have been able to do uh, is giving us a giant step in that direction, as far as I'm concerned, because it, it adds a uh, more uh, believability and it, it builds confidence for others to come and look and turn over the rock and see what's under there. That's too long of an answer there, uh, Michael, but uh, that was my <laughs> comment on that. <laughs> That's that's quite all right, uh, Tom. Uh, now earlier you were talking about the uh, concentric lines on the moon, and uh, you said that they changed uh, pretty much each time. They were, how how do they change from one time to the next? Well, you'll see one that uh, just looks like a dark line. You can't see anything other than a dark line. The next time you see what appears to be buildings in the dark line or other objects in there that if it were a means of conveyance, they would be in the way, you know? Uh, so there's, uh, there's many, many different things that, uh, that either cover or in these lines, uh, that, that, that are there. All right. Yeah. Um, if I could, uh, if I could interject uh, on my website, I've got many pictures uh, that Tom just alluded to. Uh, some of them appear to have uh, uh, like a canopy over the conveyance alleyway. It looks like a, a permanent screen wire top of it. And then, like Tom said, some, sometimes it just seems like a, like it's solid uh, steel or some other metal going through there. So. I don't know in every case if it's uh, if it's conveyance or either covered covered over conveyance because I do think the moon is one huge uh, manufacturing center and if that were the case you would need the ability to move stuff around uh, for processing you might do something to it here and then send it around the moon and do something else to it that would be my thought on that. All right. Uh, now I'm gonna I'm gonna open this up to either one of y'all that wants to answer. But uh, assuming that the moon is manufactured and it's there as a manufacturing facility, and being mined, well, if it's manufactured, it wouldn't be being mined. But uh, if it is a man, what are they manufacturing? Any theories, guesses, facts? I'll take anything. Well, I I personally, uh, I, I don't have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, you know, put together, it, it, I think they put all the uh, minerals and the ores and everything into it. Uh, I do think they're mining up there big time because of the uh, huge amount of uh, giant tanks and whatnot. In some cases, these tank-like objects could be construed as uh, uh, living areas or manufacturing centers, but sometimes they're laid helter-skelter 
And, and that makes me think that they are just uh, those particular ones are some kind of tanks that hold some kind of a chemical or some product uh, in those large tanks that they're probably processing and taking on out into the universe. That's that's my thought on it. That's, that's what comes to me when I look at all of that. I do think it's uh, heavily mined, and uh, John Lear, coming back to him, you know, we lost John Lear recently, and Ingo Swan died in 2013, I believe, Uh he said, uh, John Lear said, just go on Google and put in moon mining, M-I-N-I-N-G, and he said that uh, the whole world of information will come to you about what's really being mined up there. One of them is helium, helium-3, and uh, they say that that uh, is a, it's very rare here on Earth, but it's plentiful, very plentiful on the moon. And apparently it can be used for uh, spacecraft propulsion and other energy-generating devices. So there's, there's all kind of stuff up there if a person makes a separate study of it. But helium-3, uh, uh, Lear thinks that's one of the big items that that they're all after. And that uh, Lear went ahead and said... And he never was one to hold back. <laughs> he said that uh, individuals uh, owned the mining rights, not only there on the moon, but on other places in the universe. And then, uh, I'll give him his thought on that, but I'm not settled on that yet. Uh, I don't know that they would let individuals buy the rights uh, to all the mining up there. Uh, based on what Brandy Kramer said and Jason Rice and, and others that have spoken about all the different races that are there and how possessive and protective they are of their territory. Uh, they said that land, land is an absolute uh, premium on the moon, so it, it would seem to me like this one guy's not going to go up there and buy all the mining rights out. I just, I'm not ready for that yet. Could be, but I'm not ready for that yet. All right. Uh, Tom, let's turn back to you a minute. Uh, now, Ben has done some research, and Ben, correct me if I'm wrong, you found some stuff uh, under the oceans on Earth. Is that? Am I right when I say that? Yeah, down in uh, Antarctica, uh, went down there and uh, paying a, uh, using Google Earth Pro, which is good on Earth. And uh, I, would, I would pay attention to the time of the year and the uh, time of the day. You had to do that to pick out your warmest period. And then I zoomed down through the sledge and where I could get down through the water. And uh, on my website, I've got a lot of very unusual uh, images uh, that that I was able to get, and as far as I'm concerned, uh, I think they're ET bases or either joint bases uh, that are sending some kind of a identifying signal to the satellites overhead, uh, because I'm, I'm able to pick it up through that Google Earth uh, Pro, and it, it, if you look at the images, that's just, uh, it's not pixelation, it's... Uh, it's it, the, 
designs and everything in there, it, it shows intelligent design. Now, in Australia, on my website, I've got some wonderful pictures over there. Uh, in the river uh, reservoir system, I've got two or three really good photos there. Uh, I've also got several photos of uh, where the uh, deep state, apparently, and the CIA of people, uh, apparently, again, where they have uh, uh, and, uh, uh, underwater uh, installations, and then they have what I call a, uh, when you try to zoom in using Google Earth, uh, there will be an algorithm that will kick in, and it has a uh, like a protective covering that covers the lake over, and it won't let you go any further to see anything in there. You can find uh, several of those uh, instances on my YouTube channel, uh, Ben Pelham, uh, just Ben Pelham, and you can find uh, you can see this uh, algorithm kick in. Uh, I, I made a screen a screen uh, capture video of. Uh, of Lake Tahoe was one of them, and then uh, up in New York, uh, I'm trying to think right now the, the names of the, the places, Lake Champlain, I guess it was, in New York, and uh, in Michigan, there's one up there, I'm trying to think the uh, the name of it, but it's in there, it's Michigan, and it you'll see these... Uh, the algorithm trip, and it'll show you. It's a keep out type thing. It's a. It, there's nothing subtle about it. It's a, it's not. It's, it's not. Uh, it's clearly what it is. It's, and when you move off of it, it'll it'll settle back down and let you see the lake. You get close again, it covers it. <laughs> so there's a lot of things in the waterways. Remembering the. Uh, when I first started talking earlier about Herbert Klein's find up there in the uh, Arctic Circle, uh, now that that particular one, uh, you find it uh, at a certain place, time of year, and you got to have your history slider just right. Otherwise, it won't let you see anything either. And so, these uh, there's no reason why these. Uh, Aliens and even our own secret space program have long, long since been able to tunnel underneath the, uh, the Earth, and they don't have any residue to take out because they they literally just melt it and push it back like a like a pancake, and that's how they do that. And they can do the same thing down in the lakes and put the domes over them and, and all of that. So. Uh, it, it, the, one of my websites called etishere.com, and, and uh, ET is here, and ET is there also. They're everywhere. All right. Uh, Tom, have you uh, done any research uh, on Earth, or are you confining yourself to the moon, Mars, well, uh, no, I, I haven't really. I, I've looked at uh, Herbert Klein's stuff, which is astounding, uh, and, I've, and I've, I've seen what uh, what Ben has found as well. And uh, my hands are full. Uh, the moon is uh, is 
there's a lot there to see, and uh, you know, as I said, I think it's important. And uh, plus, uh, I, as I said before too, I, my heart always goes back to Mars. Uh, there's so much incredible stuff to see on Mars that, uh, uh, you know. So I no, I, I I haven't haven't moved into doing the Earth thing. I'm still I, I'm still a working guy, you know. So uh, I have to split up my time between work and 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 doing this work too. Uh, uh, that's what Mike was talking about, right? Mike, <laughs> Mike, <laughs> having to have a job, right, to support yourself. I, I could do so much more if I if I had the time. I could do so much more, but uh, you know, it is what it is, and uh, I'm not a young guy, so maybe. Uh, couple of years from now I'll be able to uh, retire and then go ahead and and spend all my time doing this if my wife will let me <laughs> <laughs> I do agree so. with you uh, uh, working on the moon um, uh, the moon right now is where the action is and uh, that's where we're finding so much stuff and that's that's how come uh, that I do little I, I don't look around too much anymore except on the moon Occasionally, I'll run off and check uh, check up on a, a lake or something. That, and uh, but the moon is where all the action is right now. Uh, it it will become it's it. We may lose uh, access to the moon. I'd like to say this again, for the sake of uh, of your audience, uh, Teresa and Mike, uh, the people in the audience that have an interest in the uh, in lunar research and, and alien and, and extraterrestrial, they would be real wise to go ahead and start moving. Uh, jump on uh, my website and my YouTube site and, and uh, get the instructions and start capturing their own images. And uh, if they can only, uh, if they don't have anybody nearby that can work with uh, the images, uh, if they just got somebody to to download that uh, worldwide telescope client and and just go to the moon and zoom in on the shadows like Tom said and then take about three different depths of screenshots and just put them on a thumb drive and uh, you can give them then later uh, to someone who can go ahead and process them through uh, normal photographic uh, processing. You basically, once you take that screenshot uh, in the dark area, uh, you, you just hit the, uh, the lighting on it a little bit, maybe just a touch of contrast, and then you can move on from there. I moved it from there to a little program I've got uh, called Photo Escape uh, X-Pro. The basic version of that thing is free, and I think Tom uses Photoshop, don't you, Tom? No, I'm using something called GIMP, and and oh, it, it wouldn't yeah. matter, yeah, you know. Program. It's uh, and and I use such a small part of GIMP, you know. I I really yeah, only adjust yeah, contrast yeah. and brightness and uh, and uh, very, yeah. you know. There's so much more those things can do. I have no clue how to do any of that. So yeah, but it's uh, doing, I it's just uh, keep it simple. <laughs> Yeah. So that's the point I want to make to the audience because that Kemp program that Tom alluded to is free for anybody to download, and anybody uh, that that wants to can get my email address off of my website, 
and uh, and I can give them ex- uh, information on how I do this. But uh, they should get moving if they want to do this, because in November the uh, uh, the new telescope. Uh, what's the name of it? Uh, Tom, help me out having a senior moment here. The Webb uh, it's, it's, Telescope. It's the new one that's going to replace the, the Hubble. Uh, I'll Is think it of called it the Webb? Yeah, Webb, that's it. Yeah, James Webb, sorry. Yeah. The James Webb scope uh, uh, is already, they've shown some things out in the universe and a uh, long-distance shot of uh, Jupiter or something. But this, uh, the information I got, they're going to start mapping the moon uh, in an orbit around the moon in uh, this coming November. And so I wrote the uh, support section of that Worldwide Telescope client, and I asked them uh, would they be posting the James Webb images to the virtual globe. And uh, they came back to me and said, yes, they would be overlaying the James Webb images onto the virtual globe. And so that it's going to be either of two ways. Once they overlay, uh, then that will hide the stuff that's now available to Tom and myself and everybody else in the audience. And so then it will remain to be seen if they obfuscate the James Webb uh, imagery that they put over. If they spray paint that, then we're locked out altogether. And uh, maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe they won't spray paint. And if, if they don't spray paint, then you'll have color photographs, high definition, beautiful stuff to look at. And, and we'll have a bonanza, a bonanza with it. But uh, in case they don't do that, the folks in the audience that that think they would like to look into this, they, they really ought to get to move, uh, get the move on, you know, because uh, Tom and I will help them any way we can. We're, we're wanting as many people as we can find to start doing what we're doing, that helps uh, keep that helps keep all this out, and it can't be put back in the bag anymore, and so the public won't be won't be lied to anymore. You know, right. there's something uh, I, I want to. Oh, go ahead. Now go ahead. Well, I wanted to inject uh, something a little bit, a little different here. Uh, you know the moon is is the emphasis the moon is what's important really i mean it's all important what's what's in our solar system but the moon because it's over our heads you know we've talked about that before um but you know what we see on the moon is so fantastical so unbelievable that it's unbelievable you know what i mean um I look at this stuff all the time, and I and I can't believe what I'm looking at. So some person who maybe wasn't interested in this uh, genre or just came along and decided to look, they might look at the at these pictures and say, well, you know, uh, gee, it looks like wallpaper or you know something like that. And so the point I'm getting to is is it's kind of a perspective thing, and and. Uh, you know, if you look at 
this is I guess this is what I'm getting at. If you look at what's on Mars and some of the things that I've shown, it makes everything else possible. Okay? Now, some of the pictures I have on Mars, uh, are from, the vast majority of them come from the uh, Curiosity rover. And, um, I, I, you know, and honestly, I, I don't understand why I, other people don't find these things. But, but the things that I found up there uh, f- from the Curiosity rover are destroyed things, things that are, uh, were once uh, part of their civilization that is just now destroyed. And it's, it's many, many millions of years old. And I've been saying all along that uh, what's going on on Mars and what we see in the other places in the solar system is many millions of years old. It has to be because what is, what's out there is so, um, there's so much of it, it, it would take millions of years to, to build it up the way it is. Uh, so once you see these artifacts, and I'm talking about things like, uh, you know, aircraft and ships and uh, all kinds of hardware and destroyed things. Once you see that, that makes everything else possible. And I, I think it's really important for somebody who who is interested in this to 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 go back and see what well what I'm showing. Unfortunately, I'm the only one. I don't know why. And, and say, wow, look at that, look at that. And then you can sort of graduate and, and move on and say, and look at the moon and say, wow, you know, it isn't just wallpaper. It's not just some strange design. It's it's real. It's there. Does any of that make sense? <laughs> it makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, it actually does make sense. Uh now I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna move back to Mars again. Now, now uh, you said you've done Tom. You said you've done most of your research on Mars. Now Richard Hoagland, of course, I guess one of his big claims to fame is the face on Mars. Now, have you ever taken a close look at that yourself? Yeah, all the pictures of that so far are uh, no good. You know, they're just no good at all. Uh, and in fact, the vast majority of all the pictures that I that I get for Mars um, are obfuscated in in several, usually in several ways. But at a certain point, a couple of years ago, I stumbled across a, uh, a panoramic uh, picture uh, put out by a company called Gigapan, and I don't know what the relationship between Gigapan and NASA is. Uh, but these pictures are are these enormous panoramic, which allows you to zoom in, and the pictures are crystal clear, and uh, and they show all of this stuff that I'm talking about. You know, the very first thing I found, other than the jumping woman, well, it's not entirely true, but in these in these gigapan pictures was what appeared to be uh, uh, some type of an aircraft with a missile on top of it sitting there on the ground, okay? Uh, and, and, and those are the types of things that we're seeing um, over and over and over, old airplanes, air, all kinds of aircraft or spacecraft that have come down. Uh, not only 
not only some of it is just it's it's too hard to believe. There's a I don't know if you've ever heard of Mount Sharp up there. It's a kind of a uh, you know people use that to orient themselves in the pictures. You know Mount Sharp is not a mountain, and there are other surrounding mountains there that are not mountains. Hard to believe. Um, so once you become acquainted with all this stuff, it, it literally makes anything possible, anything at all. You know, we're always, you know, there's a lot of people doing this kind of work, and some, many of them would, would, would give their right arm to have one good picture of something astounding on another planet. Um, and, and there's been a few occasional pictures that have come along of uh, maybe something on the moon, but if you could uh, show picture after picture after picture of all of this stuff, uh, as ancient as it is, um, like I said, not to repeat, but it makes everything else completely possible. And I think it's important for people to see this stuff in relation to what we're showing now on the moon. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay on Mars here for a minute. Um, now I've also heard. I don't know if you know you know anything about this or not, but I'm going to throw it out there. Uh, somewhere in the Sidonia area, near the uh, face uh, face, uh, there's supposed to be a structure that looks like a pyramid, or is a pyramid. Right. I don't know. Um, you have any right. information on that? Maybe you can. You know, I've seen those pictures, and again, the, the pictures are all, um, you know, pretty pretty bad. Um, but, you know, I've talked to you today about some of this old stuff that's crashed and ancient and destroyed. But there's much more on Mars that is not ancient or destroyed. Maybe ancient, but not destroyed. Um, and and these, you know, these are NASA pictures, right? They're not my pictures. Um, there are pictures of, of actual cities, lo- very large cities with skyscrapers and uh, population density, density beyond anything you could even imagine. Uh, there are, they talk about dunes on Mars. Uh, if you go through the NASA archives, you know, and they, they have quite a few pictures of dunes and of unusual dunes, and they have a different name for every kind of dune there is. But, but they didn't expect anybody to look closely. And as strange as this sounds, these dunes are actually gigantic cities made of millions of buildings, Together to look like a dune. <laughs> I, I know it sounds completely crazy, you know. You know, you and Ben and and everyone you know, we all know really about the same stuff. You know, we all grew up. We have all went to school. We all learned what we, uh, you know, what they taught us in school about, uh, you know, uh, the planets and everything. So I know how crazy it sounds to say that these dunes are actually gigantic cities or to, or to sit here and tell you that, you know, there's, I have pictures of, of cities, of actual cities with giant buildings and cylindrical buildings and things like that. It sounds preposterous, but yet here are the pictures. 
All right. Um, it's uh, TJ, have you got any questions? I'm kind of out of questions at the moment. I'm trying to wrap my brain around some of this. Have you got any questions for anybody? <laughs> I always got questions <laughs> the rest of my life all about curiosity. Well, you know, it's hard for me because I've been around so many of these guys that do this. Like I said, we had the Mars Anomaly Conference in 2017, so I need Tom and Ben to write down Lewis Reinhardt and then Tom of Norway and they're friends of mine on Facebook, uh, Mike, but there's other men uh, in my groups that do this, and they've done it for years and years and years. And uh, you guys may want to look at the Mars Anomaly Research Group if you're not already in it and team up some of these men that do this. It's a brilliant bunch of people out there that have been following what you guys do and what they have claimed. Now, one of them, I saw his picture today, but there's so many people I've collected through the years uh, in social media, folks. I can't keep up with all the names, and I apologize. But uh, I do know they wanted me to keep them all together and sort of pull them all together in the UFO industry uh, through social media because Facebook kept throwing them over to me. And I guess it's because at one time in the government I helped keep up with the paranormal desk and uh, doing research as an investigator. But uh, definitely Moon and Mars is uh, something that people really enjoy looking at and discovering. And uh, I'm trying to think of Tom. uh, I I wish I would have had all this prepared. Uh, so I could help you guys uh, learn about them. But let me look at uh, Mars Anomaly Research, see if I can pull it up. And if it, uh, But the guy in Norway, he came all the way over from Norway, Ben. Yeah, Mars Anomaly Research Home, Mars Anomaly Ration Wiki, Humanoids on Mars, Picks or Did It Happen? So uh, we got to get the planet... Uh, Let's see what this Joseph Skipper. But we've got to get all these groups working and helping of knowing of each other that may or may not know how many people are out there doing this. And I don't know if there's a name for it yet in cosmology, but uh, studying the the pictures, apparently it, it's supposed to happen. And now that they had the James Webb telescope up over a week ago, so that's out there now, Mars Anomaly Research Society. Uh, I wonder if that's, you know, there's different groups, folks, and it looks like they're around the world different ways. Here's Mars Anomaly Research Society in Washington right here. Uh, hmm. Tom, OpenGovWA. OpenGovWA. It's Mars Anomaly Research Society. And uh, in commas, C-A-M-A-S-W-A. So I'll tweet that at a business corporation registered. But the people that I worked with that we had a, a big event was 217, 2017. And I didn't know Ben. Of course, Ben and I got together in the last two or three years, and I don't even know that anymore. But Ben's doing a good job with the Mar- uh, moon versus Mars. So that's a little different there. And then now, like you guys introducing, again, people to NASA and the James Wood 
James Webb, excuse me, telescope. Uh, ben, do you know, yeah. let me pull up James Webb, but uh, I don't know about the moon photos. Tom, you and you and Ben will have to pull that all around planetary research. James Webb Space Telescope. Go ahead. That's what I wrote the letter, uh, letter about, uh, Teresa. Uh, they said in November that they would, uh, the James Webb would be in orbit over the moon, and uh, okay. that was that was the uh, the photographs coming from that that uh, the support section said would be put onto the to the globe, the virtual globe of that telescope that Tom and I used, the worldwide telescope, and uh, if they put them on on the globe. And, and they don't spray paint the James Webb images, uh, then we're in for a bonanza of colored, high-definition uh, photos. So uh, I know Tom and Can I... Can I interject? Be, well, we will really be watching here. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. please. Part, pardon me for interjecting. Uh, ben, I, I, I frankly, you know, I, I am hopeful that we'll have those kinds of pictures to look at, but I'm, I'm doubtful of it. Because yeah. for one thing, if, if, if I look at, you know, I've gone back to look at many of the pictures that I've used in my videos, uh, some of those incredible um, panoramics from Gigapan, they've, they've gone back and they've obfuscated them. They're no longer yeah. great like they used to be. There's at least, yeah, their track at record. least, Not too good, is it, Tom? At least 15 <laughs> pictures, probably more, that I've used out of the uh, different archives that have been removed completely wow. or uh, or or virtue or just completely wiped out obfuscated so i'm quite sure that uh, when you know when when those pictures become available that they're they're not going to let us see what's there it's too it's too much you know i'm seasoned you're seasoned we've been looking at this stuff for somebody brand new it would it would just be too much <laughs> so uh, i don't I don't. I'm hopeful, but I'm also doubtful of it. So this guy says nine hours wrong. ago. They released something nine hours ago. It says, and these people are saying that it's better infrared side by side comparison. Looking at the web brings in. Uh, so it's just nine hours ago. Apparently, they're doing yeah. something. It says, I don't know what they're showing, but the people are making all kind of comments right now on YouTube, folks, yeah. James Webb Space Telescope, first images. Now, are those real you know, or is that something that says the first images are in seven hours ago on YouTube? Yeah, I, I'm quite sure they're real. You know, just like the Hubble Telescope, you know, those were beautiful, beautiful, amazing pictures. And we're going to get even more beautiful and more amazing pictures uh, from from the Webb Telescope, but you know, I it it it's all part. <laughs> it's all very conspiratorial <laughs> sounding, but you know, well, uh, this is this is where they this is where they want us to keep our focus. Okay, well, they want us to look in the cosmos. We want to look out and see these beautiful things. We want to we want to find out about these planets that are out there. You know, these uh, uh, Earth-like planets that are you know, one or two or three or 15 light years away. You know, this is where all 100% of our focus is going is out there. 
when really right here in our solar system is where is where it's really happening. What's here in our solar system <laughs> is far more than anything we're ever going to see from the telescope. Okay. Well, you know, Janet, I think a couple of days ago I woke up and on my regular news, which I don't usually wake up to the local news, but my TV comes on by itself sometimes, but it had a black hole. So I woke up to looking at a black hole they discovered, which was really different, you know, to wake up where you've got the news talking about the weather and talk about a black hole. So the world is changing. And that's why I want to keep this radio station going because it doesn't make sense how we can be having so many things happen on the planet like, you know, to us. And at the same time, we're going up in space and we're all excited about that, too. And I'll, I've always been a NASA nerd because you know, I grew up with that and I'm down here in the south and promote all that. So the moon I'm very interested in, but all I've seen is the things that uh, Ben has told us about in Ken's moon and uh Mike, you want to see if you can raise Ken? You've got his number, don't you, Ken Johnston? See if you can get Ken on here to talk to Ben and, and Tom. Uh, let's try to put all, all right. these people together. All right, because I tried him, and I couldn't get him to answer on my Delaware number. Yeah. And this is Ken but, Johnston of NASA, right? Of Used to be right. with NASA. Oh, yeah. gosh, what a what an amazing person he is, yeah. Yeah, he kept his copy of the photos. They had five copies, but, you know, some people, he gave some to Oklahoma where he went to college, and then uh, he's got to say, of course, he worked with James Hoagland. I noticed uh, Richard Hoagland has a show now here on Blog Talk with us. He's under current events, so you guys may want to get with Richard Hoagland, too, and talk about some things, you know. But we'll get uh, to Richard and Ken work together. I need to get Richard and Ken back together and, uh, you know, doing some work before they pass over or transition, as we now say, this into another <laughs> dimension. Do you guys want to talk about anything uh, about the, us t- working now with time crystals and the fourth dimension or anything like that with quantum physics? Are you guys into any of that stuff yet? <laughs> I don't have any well, expertise in this area. <laughs> everything prepared today. Yeah, unfortunately, it's it's all about the pictures for me. Uh, I'll tell you <laughs> okay. one thing, though. I, I would love to talk to Ken Johnston or Richard Hoagland. I've been to see Richard Hoagland maybe three or four times when he came to Seattle. Um, oh, okay. But uh, I would love to talk. I would love for them to see some of the pictures that I have. You know, my biggest question, my all-time biggest question is, why me? How come I'm the only guy that has these pictures, as far as I know? I've, I've been looking. I can't find anything that comes anywhere close to what I'm seeing. And, uh, and so it makes you think, well, maybe, maybe you, you know, it's in your mind or something. You know, I don't think so, but... You know, it, it would it would be really nice to have somebody like Ken Johnson or Richard Hoagland say, "Oh my God, I've never seen pictures like this." Uh, I would love yeah. that. That, that yeah, would be, true, you know, Tom, that would and, be great. Uh, uh, Teresa, if you have connections to them, 
Oh, that would be a wonderful thing to do. Uh, well, everybody could, uh, does. <laughs> everybody uh, it does. Push, uh, it could push things out. And uh, based on what Tom said a while ago about his, uh, about whether the uh, James Webb would be forthcoming with good images, and he felt it wouldn't, which is in line with their track record, uh, NASA track track record's not been good. That really yeah. did. That really puts the emphasis now uh, uh, back on uh, all the folks that we're reaching through the radio that, yep. that want to do research because you've got two researchers here that have had success, uh, photographic success, uh, an avalanche of success, and the good Lord's blessed us, and we're willing to help anyone in that audience out there that wants to start doing what we're doing. Because uh, if uh, James Webb uh, ends up being obfuscated, then it's game over. And the folks out there that want to do it won't be able to then. Yeah, I hear you. Well, uh, let me see. Uh, let me get back in the studio. I was overlooking. Let me look. Studio. See if they showed up yet. Because I couldn't reach him. Mike, are you back yet? Hey, all I, all I got, I, I went, went straight to his voicemail. Never yeah, mine too. Voicemail. All right, we'll get him back here on a Wednesday or Saturday. Uh, he, uh, I don't know why sometimes we can get him and sometimes it goes to voicemail, but he knows Wednesday and Saturday. Uh, you know, Ben, remember you had Ben and Ken's show, a couple of them, didn't you, Ben? Remember? You and Ken uh, yeah, together. Uh, uh, I believe that uh, Ken had... Uh, had taken a fall and, and uh, some physical problems, so he, he may not sleep well at times, you know. I don't know. Yeah. But I know uh, once once you uh, get to be a senior, uh, it's pretty easy to get hurt, and uh, it's understandable that if we're hurt, yeah. then it's hard, hard to have a schedule, you know. He had a heart attack here about a month, about three weeks ago. That. Yeah, and uh, but he came back and did a couple of shows here with me and Mike in the last week or two. Did he? How many did he do, my, uh, Mike? Ken, he just did a couple, didn't he? He's been on the last two weeks, I think. On he did a Thursday, and I think he did last Saturday, I believe. So you guys may want to come back on Saturday if you want to catch Ken. We just got to catch Ken when we catch Ken. <laughs> but it's hard for uh, different people to catch each other. But we'll, y'all just hang in there, folks. We'll try to get all these guys together so they can all have a, a talk. I'll, uh, and I know if we do video, we may could get Richard Hoagland, too. But uh, I wanted to wait till I got my teeth back in on my front smile line. I've lost two of them, and they're 25. Now I went to get it at 6,500. I was like, Lord of mercy, everything's gone up five times. So I'm going to do one of those temp tooths. I'm going to try that and see if that works. Cause I don't know. I just have not been good about hanging on to stuff. As you get older, you just seem to misplace things. Or Either they're going into another universe, which wouldn't surprise me in the least. <laughs> oh, they just vanish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Teresa? Yeah. Uh, uh, Teresa? Yes. Are you there? Yes, sir. I wanted to ask yes, you, um, uh, what do you prefer to go by, TJ or to be called Teresa? Uh, 
It doesn't matter. Uh, TJ is my stage name because I was a musician and singer-songwriter. But I've used Ginger and Jan. My family calls me Jan, J-A-N. But uh, when I was in school, I was called Ginger. So people won't know me in high school. And then in the Navy, they called me Terry, anybody that knew me. Or Thurman. You know, by my last name, of course. So. But now, uh, I like Terry. <laughs> but Teresa J. Morris is my legal name for Homeland Security, you know. But uh, it's funny because I've changed my name on Social Security even all these years. I always did it legally. And I just go yeah. in and change it, and they told me I could. So it really helped as an investigator because they never knew who I was, right, who I was being. <laughs> but how can I help you, Ben, other than you can call me TJ because that's how you know me on radio. That's what I, I go yeah. by, really, TJ. Yeah. I'll, I'll, just, call you, I'll just call you TJ. And, uh, okay. I was going to ask, too, and I, I know you were going to do it, uh, if you would uh, – uh, send uh, Tom uh, some of the uh, contact information for you and uh, and all of that, and then you you can work with Tom on uh, when when he would like to have a show and when you could have him have a show. And I'll uh, uh, if it would work out with you, uh, TJ. I'll uh, I'll just stick with Wednesday right now at uh, six o'clock if that'll fit. And, uh, sure. So it, it, you can invite you anybody can you want. Tom, uh, uh, Tom's uh, maybe more flexible. He's he's definitely younger and looks a lot better than me. So he, he, he's <laughs> in a lot of places. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, sure, Tom. If you want me to help you uh, with what you do with Ben, just send me your headshot or preferably ask uh, anybody that wants to be in our UFO uh, association. You can, if you're into UFOs or extraterrestrials or any type of uh, work, we have the, uh, I have websites and domains. I just uh, going through a reorganization because of uh, working with various groups around the world, actually in other countries. We're trying to pull them all together and find out who's got what archives. It's a huge, huge uh, task, uh, and I'm not sure I was up for it, but uh, if you'd like to send me a headshot uh, to TJ Morris Agency at gmail dot com, and uh, also I have admin at TJ Morris Agency dot org, admin, and the company is TJ Morris Agency dot org. But I also have American Communications online, and a lot of people know me more <laughs> for having a talent agency and helping artists and authors and an author's club and then representing musicians from the back in the day with BMI and with Bill Monroe Foundation in Kentucky for 20 years and Ace Folklife. So Mike agreed to help me with the Ace Folklife Historical Society, and we have artists in there for art, culture, and education. Tom, are you an artist, or do you have anything besides uh, you know, your photos and, uh, or your interest in that, that hobby? And looking at the well, moon, or interestingly, uh, you know, I played the cello for 20 years. Wow! And, uh, I don't play it anymore. I I, I wished I hadn't sold it, uh, but uh, that that was a huge part of my life, and uh, I really miss it. The other thing that's uh, <laughs> kind of surfacing right now is I like to sing, but I am a total closet singer. I've never sang in front of anybody. 
But I, just a little <laughs> tiny bit here and there, and I'm getting some really good, you know, people are really surprised at what they're hearing. So I think maybe uh, maybe this Friday I'm going to go see if I can stand in front of a uh, bunch of people and do some of that karaoke and then, you know, see see if maybe – See if I see what kind of reaction I get. If it's good, I'll take okay. it. If it's not good, then I'll, I'll fade away. <laughs> okay, I understand. That's a good thing yeah. to do. Uh, yeah, a lot of people just love, you know, that meeting people and getting out together. It's a great social idea to do karaoke, and I'm surprised they still have it after all these years. It's been 30 or 40 years since I did karaoke. I did it in Hawaii, and I did it in Japan. And I did it in Nashville, believe it or not, when I was, you know, doing country music. But I was singing, singer-songwriter with CMA, Country Music Association, and IBMA, International Bluegrass Music Association. Now they're really something. Back in the day, in the 80s and 90s, and then 2004 was my last year, and then uh, getting out, didn't pay my dues anymore. But I was really enjoying producing and uh, singer-songwriter and then working at, the uh, studios in Nashville and in uh, Kentucky for bluegrass, you know, but it's a lot of fun and I'm still considered a singer songwriter. I just haven't produced any uh, musicians lately, but I had to go through a thing with my husband being ill and, but I did stay with the radio for the 10 last 10 years. So that seemed to be something I could just come on and, you know, let people uh, stay involved in our associations. And so I was a nonprofit association CEO for the uh, you know different associations in music songwriter AC events so that's how I stuck with it and uh, now that my husband's gone and my daughter's gone and I'm sitting here with my dog I've got now I've got time but who's got the money to get out and hustle <laughs> I mean the yeah yeah and, and, and not only that really who's got the hustle to get out and hustle <laughs> yeah, at my age, I need to hustle more and move around. I've lost <laughs> yeah. a lot of weight. And, uh, but just, folks, this has gotten to be a hobby inside cyberspace culture. So I, I committed to helping the baby boomers, uh, 50 and above, in a club for producing broadcast media news publishing and keeping the Ace Folk Life as a oral historical society as well as an art society to help artists sell their their. Uh, artwork and Mike has one uh, caught my interest with the pyramids also helped the pyramid society in uh, Chicago so I've with 10 years in radio I've, I've learned a lot of associations and they'd have me help them market and then help them organize their events and then promote them you know and then I was with the J. Allen Hynek gentleman that had center of UFO studies and then down here in the Air Force they keep up with me so it's like I'm prior military and I have books I sold uh, are really I wasn't about selling the books I was about just getting the word out of this time on the planet which I call the ascension age so if you want to look me up it's books by Teresa J. Morris like Ben said Teresa and then I've got T.J. Morris too life coaching but my gig was just trying to write what I thought I could use to help people because I was a psychic in Hawaii and I liked helping people as a life coach. And so now it's all of us working together to get oral reports out on whatever it is that you have a hobby and a concern about. But mostly I got into this UFO business trying to figure out why I kept living and dying and coming back. It got to be a spiritual science group. 
in working with metaphysics. So if any of you guys are interested in quantum physics or metaphysics or working with theoretical physicists, we do that. And then, of course, I'm looking at all the AI. I'm very interested in psyops and AI, where we're going with computers, because I noticed we used them in space, literally. Uh, you know, and uh, my husband and I had views on the other side of the moon from where we were, but we always said it was too cold on the dark side of the moon. We didn't do any uh, mining or anything on the cold side. It was really, really below zero on the other side. So I don't know about all this stuff happening on the moon. <clears throat> I really don't. And I got out of flying uh, and uh, out of moving off planet. Now they come visit me, so they recruited me, extraterrestrials, in what they call the UFO Secret Space Program, so I help run that with the Allied Command Intergalactic Relations, ACIR, globally, and then off-planet. So that's the part of the real UFO Secret Space. And then hopefully they're going to release a lot of this stuff with uh, the Space Force and NASA, I'm hoping, to work with everybody that... uh, you know, didn't have a chance in this reality or this lifetime to work in real 3D uh, space force or to know about all the uh, groups we've worked with on and off planet or in your dream state or lucid dreaming. So, Ben, before you go, I I told you I've had near-death and out-of-body experiences, and to me, it's just as real as being here. So you were talking about Ingo Schwann, which was uh, the original guy with Russell Targ and Hal Putoff and Pat Price on Stargate and then, you know, the uh, Stanford Research SRI. So I put a little note on that, I think, if I didn't take it off. Yeah, I did. I put it on here. So I'm very interested in the Stargate program, folks, Aquarius and Pegasus. Now, you may not know about our time travel, so everybody start listening up. We're going to be training everybody like Ben and Tom is with uh, looking at the photos on the moon. We're also going to be training you in the future for interdimensional travel, which we've always had. So uh, we've always had portals. We've always had black holes, wormholes, and we'll be space traveling. But we'll teach you interdimensionally and how you do it uh, because they're coming to me. So they told me to start writing about it and talking about it. So it took us 10 years, Ben, and I want you to look up two words. If uh, a lot of folks aren't going to be able to understand it in this reality. It's like looking at a movie like Star Trek or Avatar or uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It's just too hard to understand. So we introduce you in soft disclosure through the movie industry, which was always aligned. And, you know, we've always paid people uh, in our government and in the military to be advisors, just like J. Allen Hynek was for uh, – Steven Spielberg, but this is all real. It's all happening. It's just different people have different classifications of how we are allowed to know things because it's like in the Bible when Solomon, Jesus talked about Solomon, you know, you can only take so much. You get TMI and then your mind can't absorb it. It just is what they call casting pearls before swine. You just can't grasp it all so it's taken Mm -hmm. me 70 years to grab it and to understand why now so tom i'm like you my husband's name was tom and i've noticed the extraterrestrials picked tom my husband tom to be in this ufo industry thomas r becker with revolution he goes by tom to be in this industry and now you 
it's no surprise, Tom, that Ben went out there and recruited you or came to you or whatever. Ben, you're the first Ben I've known, but I find uh, synchronicity we're going to do Sunday. So, uh, with Mike and Mike, uh, Michael, we call it Archangel Michael, but, uh, is there anything, Ben, that you or Tom want to know about the space program or anything like that I could help you with? Well, I, I would, uh, I'd like to, you know, give it some thought, think about it a little bit. Uh, it's a little hard to grasp, or, isn't it? In order to formulate <laughs> what, I, what, it, what it is about it that I want, and then I could get in touch with you on it. I'm, uh, I'm yeah, like but... a little wilting flower right now, TJ. Uh, okay. I need to jump off uh, the radio right now, and uh, and if uh, if I'm welcome, I'll come back next Wednesday. You're always welcome, Ben. I like what you do, and I love the photography, and I just don't know how to do it, uh, and that's okay. We all have a calling to do different things, yeah, and if you'll keep that – if you'll keep rolling that with Tom and Ken Johnston, that's a good team right there with Mike. Mike, I asked Mike to be the captain of the ship just to keep us all coordinated, and I felt it'd be more comfortable, you know, having him just keep everybody because he does Facebook so good. So you were yeah, able to contact I mean, him, you know? Absolutely. absolutely. Uh, and you want me to stay in touch real, with Tom? Pardon me? You want me to keep in touch with Tom and give yeah, get his photo and bio. I'd like you to uh, communicate with him through his email address, and uh, I believe he told me this that uh, told me that earlier today that he was going to get a Facebook uh, account set up. So if he does that, then I'm sure he'll send that over to you. Yeah, and, he can do uh, Tommy Tacoma. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've heard that before, <laughs> actually. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'll leave um, leave you and Tom and Michael, and then I'll I'll run away for tonight then. Well, you I'll, need uh, to tell thanks, them your uh, ET, Ben. You, you need to tell everybody about your ET is here website. Oh, yes, yes, sir. Uh, the name is Ben Pelham. P-E-L-L-O-M, and uh, that's uh, my YouTube account is just plain Ben Pelham, and uh, it has a lot of uh, videos on there uh, on the underwater uh, installation uh, that I I talked about earlier. Uh, I have a a screen capture video showing anybody uh, how to use Google Earth Pro and go do that actually go to that site and, and get their own images. I also have a short screen capture video, one or more on there, on the uh, what I call the marble or the uh, so-called lava flow on the moon where the, the man in the moon is. I've got yeah. four pages images, and there's a short video on there uh, uh, showing anybody with just rudimentary skills on the PC how to go do the same thing. So I would like to see the folks that are inclined to go there and study that. Communicate with me. My email address is, is on my website, pelhamplanetaryresearch.com, and the little companion website is etishere.com. 
and I'll be glad to help anybody any way I can because uh, we got the genie out of the bag and it needs to stay out. So I'd like to see a lot of people start doing what Tom and I are doing here. Well, so I'll, I'll watch everybody it. Tonight and uh, it's nice to be with you. Well, it's nice of you to show up and help us understand what you're all about. So I'll make sure. Now, you know I'm following you on YouTube. I can do that. Uh, so I'm oh, a friend. Yes, uh, and I watch what you do, and I can see it better on my television, just so you know. I can't see uh, okay. it perfectly you, anymore. But you yeah, got to play. Uh, you can play Tom's, uh, Tommy Tacoma, one word. Uh, okay. It's a YouTube site, and you put that over on your TV, and you see some beautiful stuff there. Okay, Tommy Tacoma on Facebook, right? Uh, on Not YouTube. Yet. On YouTube, yeah. Oh, on on YouTube. Okay, and Tommy Tacoma on YouTube. Okay. It's one word. You, you, you compress the two. And he's okay. got some really wonderful stuff there, uh, Teresa, that that you'll enjoy putting over on your big screen there. And it's, uh, it's amazing how, how pretty it is. I saw some of yours last night for some reason. I was thumbing through my channels on ACO Club, and you're one of my channels. But it's uh, a featured yeah. channel, Ben, on, on ACO Club. So, folks, if y'all want to be in our club, you got something to offer people in the UFO or space industry or extraterrestrial. I sort of feature paranormal in the ACO Club. So let me know if you've got your YouTube, because I do like YouTubes, folks. And a lot of us older baby boomers, we just want to watch what y'all are doing out there. So if you're singing or songwriting or UFOs or ETs or whatever, or like they're doing the space, it's really interesting to see what they're discovering. So they have this Pelham Planetary Research Group. So Tom Hubert and uh, Mike Woods, T.J. Marsh with Ben Pelham. Well, Ben, we'll let you go. We've got 15 minutes to fill, but you have a good one. And come back next Wednesday and bring whoever you want that you're training or get them to talk about what all you guys are discovering. Y'all can discuss, uh, you know, if y'all want to get in, get in an argument or a debate, we like to hear why you think this and why that person thinks that, too. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, you can figure, uh, you and Tom can talk and, and see what kind of a slot you want to give him. He's a valuable asset. And uh, so I would leave that up to the two of you. But, Tom, it's been nice having you on here with us. And, uh, Richard, uh, or Michael, the same to you. It's good to be back with you. And, and uh, T.J., you have a good night and be safe. Okay, I'll let you know when I find that hey. phone. But now that i got your... Oh, gosh, I better write your phone number down. I didn't have it to call you, even though I do a show with you. So let me write that down before you leave. Hold on just a second. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. So I can't say it out loud because, you know, people be calling you and stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I got it now. And uh, make sure, can I give this to Michael so he can put it in his cell oh, phone yeah. too? Yeah. Sure okay, can. I see his. Thank you. All right, yeah. well, we got it. So, folks, y'all have to get in touch with us to get in touch with Ben on the phone. But you may as well just let us know uh, during the week or get Mike Woods on Facebook. And, and we'll help you, Ben, with this group. We'll help you hopefully build it with Tom. We'll do our best, okay, to get you with these other guys, too. I can bring them back on let y'all talk. I'll, I'll get in touch thank, with some thank people. Thank you, DJ. 
You bet. And Thank you for showing us what you're doing. Thank you, audience, as well. I wish everybody a good night. Thank you, Ben, for all Thank your you, time. Ben. You stay alive now. Take care of yourself. Okay, good night. All right, Indeed. that was Ben Pelham, and he's dropped off. All right, Mike and Tom, back to you two. Uh, we got some time to fill here uh, for the Ace Folk Life, if you want to. But, Mike, uh, you haven't had a chance to talk much about what you do, but, you know, you can uh, talk to Tom and get him interested in our – well, my my name, folks, I use that brand because it's the oldest, and I've been around for, you know, years as a singer, songwriter, musician, and uh, used in television industry and all that. So I use T.J. Morris but uh, organization on Facebook, but I haven't promoted anything. I should be, but I used to help uh, produce shows and pick uh, singers and put backup singers together and put, you know, like a bass player with a guitar player groups together, and then we'd pitch them in Nashville or, you know, we'd have them in Country Music Awards or IBMA, International Bluegrass, you know, IBMA, or work with all the big famous people because I got started with Bob Hope and back in the day, it was a lot of fun in Hollywood and stuff. And But uh, Mike is an artist, and he's really found that he likes to, to draw, and he's helping me. And we're going to maybe do some paper pictures. I don't know yet, but I've got, I'm into the pyramid metallurgy too. So UFOs, extraterrestrials, pyramid metallurgy, and then, of course, space photos of the moon and Mars. All right. Well, Tom, you and Mike need to create some little group here with Ben, keep Ben on the planet. He's 85 now. But we are veteran volunteers, Mike, me, Ben, and Ken. So all you veterans, I've had some veterans get in touch with me on LinkedIn, Mike. So I've got oh, okay. I'll find that 9100 phone. But there are people wanting to uh, come on the show. They know that I'm back working and they want their time on the earth, on the archives here. So you and Tom work it out, and I'll uh, mute again. You guys can figure something out, help all these other veterans and people that want to come on and talk. So you guys work it out. I'll mute. Tom, you just okay. send me your photo and your email, and uh, make sure you got Mike on Facebook. Seems like Mike works with Facebook. He, people can find him real easy. That's why I'm glad he's running the ship here. But he says it's hard to coordinate because both you guys work. So why don't you all help each other, Mike? Okay, I'll mute. Y'all work it out. Well, Sounds good. Thank you, Teresa. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take this thing back about uh, 45 minutes. Now, I do have one more question I want to ask you before we reach the end of the show. Uh, uh-huh. Now, at the beginning of the show, I made mention of the fact that uh, it was 53 years ago today that uh, Neil Armstrong walked on the moon. And Ben expressed his that his opinion that he was beginning to turn to the point of view that we never landed on the moon. And I have seen some videos on YouTube with some pretty interesting, uh, if not almost convincing uh, arguments that we never went there and that Stanley Kubrick might have directed the footage and that he left mm-hmm. clues in some of his movies like, uh, the Shining was the was an example that they used numerous times. Where do you stand on hmm. that? Did we go to the moon or did we not? You know, all my life I, I've always said that, you know, it's ridiculous to say that we didn't land on the moon. Um, 
and and uh, and I've believed that uh, steadfastly until about four or five months ago, and uh, in part because of well, when Ben got a hold of me and it, you know got me going on the moon, I was you know I was diving into the pictures, uh, of course that that we were talking about in the craters, and uh, I decided to go back. I, I, I had a couple of pictures in my files that had been sitting there for three or four years I never looked at, and these were moon pictures. And so I thought I'd take a look at them, and much to my astonishment, uh, these pictures showed covering every inch of the moon, every inch of it. So, no, I don't think we landed on the moon. I don't think there's any place to land on the moon. I don't think that uh, I don't think that we landed something on the moon here a week ago or so, and they talked about uh, a rocket body that crashed on the moon. I don't believe any of it. Uh, there's no place for that to happen. Not according to what me. if it's just polarization? Let me ask you this: How much do you know about photos? Well, I've learned Reason. a lot in the last six years, and and people always want to, you know, there's there's they talk about blocking or. Uh, you know, zooming too much, and you know, there's various things that will cause uh, artificial, uh, you know, uh, images. But these are not them. And and in fact, uh, I could go on and find it. I found it again in another picture, and then another picture. Um. So, and I'm always well. I can't prove very. I can't prove it. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> now, now, well, I was just going to say I'm I'm really paranoid of yeah. of. Uh, of that, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to be a fool uh, and and make myself look like a fool. So I do everything I can to to make sure. And one of the ways, the real simple way, is shadows. If you think you have buildings and you're trying to decide whether or not they're real or image artifacts, if they have shadows on the sides, they're real. And that's what we well, got. That anybody that can make a cover-up can make a shadow. So the thing is, the people at NASA, when I was there in the buildings and knowing what we were doing, I just can't imagine all the millions of dollars we spent on engineers and beings to get us to the moon and the rockets going off and all of that staged. That's a little far-fetched for me to believe that we didn't go up there and what I experienced knowing the people. So I'm a eyewitness other than being on the moon, but I am a pretty good remote viewer. <laughs> but well, you know, time, I, I totally understand that. Uh, and, yeah. and in fact, my my wife uh, has an uncle who was a NASA engineer during all of this. And uh, and we haven't really haven't had a chance to discuss this with him, but uh, but I can tell you that he would be. I already know he would be adamant that that we were there. But you know. Uh, <laughs> so, I, I think the, you know this is a this is a very strange phenomenon to say yep. to have people saying we've got pictures that show this and yet thousands of telescopes and nobody can see any of this you know what is going on I I, I really I don't have an answer for that um, yeah I do think however that since maybe for hundreds of years now I don't know but for a long time now. We've been always been told what the moon looks like, right? It's a barren wasteland. Uh, even in there's cartoons that show the moon. Uh, anything that's ever come up about the moon is just a barren wasteland. Uh, 
and uh, and yet, uh, uh, you know, the pictures aren't, aren't showing that at all. I, I think it's in the human psyche, not just in our country, but around the world, that we expect the moon to be a barren wasteland. We've seen the guys up there running around on the surface. It was a barren wasteland. We've seen the tracks that the rovers leave, you know, all of that. Um, you know, all of that stuff could very easily be Photoshopped. Very easy. Right. Just like these, these impacts on the moon they just had. Uh, they, they show a picture of the moon, a little sur- a little blemish on the surface and a circle around it, and say, this is where that impact was. But why even bother showing a picture like that? I mean, really? I mean, I think stupid. we're getting in that part of the reality now. That's why I want you to look at time crystals. And folks, study the fourth dimension and what we're going to be teaching you now. It took us 10 years to get here, those of us that have been trying to help people. So I know the frustration of people that work and at the government levels and the intelligence levels of knowing things they can't share because they're classified, right? Or the, it's because it will upset the psyche too much of all the people. So I want you guys to think about, there's a guy named Frank Jacobs and I guess we did a show or a radio show. He's a friend of mine. On Facebook, but I don't. I, I know his face and I know his name, but uh, there's something he's doing out there to make a difference. He always did, but uh, he knows my friend Janet Lesson. She asked me to tune in to him because she knows him really well. So y'all tune into Frank Jacobs and get back to me on his classification of people that are going to be uh, in the New World Order or not New World Order for uh, – I'm real loud. Are they going to cut me off now? I don't know if I'm just allowed to say that. I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't know the rules anymore in FCC. Everything in 2022 changed, folks. So, I mean, I'm still here after 10 years, so that makes me skeptical. So I don't know if what I say is that far too gullible or too naive or the fact that I actually was one of the real investigators that really did go out and get the facts because with my death and dying and out-of-body experiences and then meeting J. Allen Hynek and keeping the UFO business going up for all those different groups, you know, that was my job as an ambassador of goodwill and Cosmos ambassador with solar ambassador for NASA and JPL like uh, Ralph Kennedy Johnston, you know, we've been talking about Ken, and we can't get Ken tonight. Sometimes we can, sometimes we can't. But he's going to be 80 October 2nd, and I will be 71 December 26th. So we're getting up there. But we were here. We were at NASA. And yeah, I'm here well, and I'm, I'm right behind you. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, okay, so you're up there. Well, I, you know, I'm 63, you know, so, I mean, you know. Uh, but, you know, if I ever had any doubts about what I'm doing, uh, and of course, I have them all the time. But uh, well, you know, all I have to do is go. All I have to do is go back. You know, if they're taking pictures, if they're taking pictures out of the archive that I've been using, there's a reason they're doing that. If they're obfuscating those pictures, there's a reason for that. Uh, it, it's not just random. You know, why would they randomly take these only the pictures out that I've been using? So, Mike, get in I, here. I, I want to know what Mike thinks because Mike started all this. But it's true, folks. We may believe one way, and then for some reason, the last year or 
I'm telling you, the fourth dimension and different timelines, and I'm going to work in them, folks, because I've got the curiosity for AI reason, if nothing else. I'm going to work with the chatbots and the AI. I already am in my mind in remote viewing. So, you know, jump on board. So learn what time crystals are. Tom, learn what T-I-M-E-C-R-Y-S-T-A-L-S, just like quartz. We use them in space, folks. We use them on the spacecraft. You should know that from the movies. Okay, Mike, what do you think? Do you think yeah. we went to moon or not? Well, you know, the first I've I, I mentioned in a previous show that the first television, uh, th- first thing I remember seeing on television was Neil Armstrong on the moon. <laughs> but, yep. Uh, and I, I'll tell you, honestly, I'm kind of on the fence right now. I can teeter one way or the other. I, I'm, you know... I mean, I'm like uh, Tom here. I spent the better part of my life believing, yeah, yeah, we definitely went to the moon. But, you know, as I start listening to to another point of view and being open-minded about it, I can see where maybe we didn't. I could see. I don't know. Hey, it makes me sad. I think they made a movie about it, but I can't can't think (laughs) of the name of it on the thing. Apollo it makes me sad to think that we didn't go there. I think we you know, did. I, they called. I had to be called back up at night as a witness to hear them on the headsets. And right outside, you know, where they have what you see on TV, the control room. And then outside mm-hmm. of that, we had the uh, we had a, a room full of girls working twenty four seven, and the night crew. And I had to go up there and listen to what the supervisor had caught and they wanted my opinion and they all the girls were looking at me because it was up to me and i was tell you how old i was i was really young but i was the ufo et girl okay like with william Tompkins kind of girls okay so they Mm. wanted me to explain to them what they heard and i heard bogey 10 o'clock high meaning extraterrestrial they saw them there so we knew about them it's just we couldn't talk about them we weren't allowed. They right. didn't tell us we couldn't. They just said, don't talk about it. So I heard what was going uh, on then with my own ears. But who's to say that was not – see, this is where you get paranoid. This is where we get in trouble in America or in the world is you start questioning everything, right? Who was right. – who was, was that really the guys on in space? Was that really the guys seeing UFOs, you know? Was that really somebody that just wanted me to come up there specifically a trip to hear that so I'd always remember it so I could tell you folks today? You get it? So who knows who's controlling? Mm-hmm. Who's watching us? I want y'all to come back. I want to talk about this more, but who's watching us? So I distinctly, and I hope everybody else besides this Holy Spirit in you in the life, because when you stop breathing, you die. So pretty much I've gotten – I pretty much – between dying and coming back and dying and coming back, figured out, okay, it, they can bring me back for what reason? And if I'm still breathing, I can figure this stuff out. And the, I, we need help. So, Tom, you come back and get with Mike. Mike, what were you saying? You just wanted to know that you, it, you're you open-minded enough to let's take in more than we used to. We used to just really believe whatever because it was – planned that way? Are we learned it in school or what? Where are we going with this conversation? 
Well, I guess that's where I'm going. If you're open-minded enough, at least be open-minded enough to listen to a new point of view. You may not agree with it, but at least listen to it. All right. Well, folks, Tom, you want to come back? I think uh, I know Ben wants to keep his 6 o'clock, but did he want you to come back, like, again and talk with him, or you don't know? You, you can uh, – well, the impression I had was is that uh, you know it, he wanted to do his own thing. So that's the impression I had. So uh, if he wants to come on on Wednesday at six, I can come on at some other time. I don't have a problem with that. Oh, if, okay. If that's what you want. Yeah. That's fine. Two. Let's see. Five. Uh, I need to make sure you get me. Uh, can you call me? Can I give you my phone number? Can. Yeah. My five seven hey, one number. Yeah. Ben gave me his I phone I number. I can get you his phone number. All right. Well, you guys work it out then, because I'm trying to get Mike to help me because I'm running several associations, Tom, and different shows for different nights. And to, like tomorrow, I'll be doing psychic readings, and I have to gear up for that. But Mike said he'd try to help me with uh, Ace Folk Life, and that's this. But now Ben's doing it. He was doing Tuesday. So we may, I don't know, but let's work it out. So I've got seven days a week, two hours a night, six to eight. But I don't want to work every night, folks. But you decide which organization you want to be in with Mike. Ace Folk Life History is our orals. And then we've got uh, Jan Aldrich, who took over Fridays and then Saturdays. So I guess if uh, Jan didn't get in touch with you, Tom, I mean Michael, then we'll got uh, Friday open if you want to let Mike do Friday. I mean, uh, wait, who is this one? Tom. <laughs> Tom. Uh, My, you Commander have so many Tom. arms in the fire. I've never heard of it so much. My goodness. Oh, I've got a lot going on. Hey, hey, TJ, I've got an idea. What? If we can get Ken Saturday. Tom, are you free Saturday? I will make myself free. Absolutely, yes. Well, we'll see if All we you do is snap your fingers. I'll be there. All right. Uh, I said ben, ben sent me your phone number, so I do have your phone number, and I can get a hold of you. Yes. Uh, okay. As long as you've got an open mind. A lot of people <laughs> will answer a phone if they, if they don't recognize the number, but I'll leave a message if you don't answer the phone when you don't recognize a number. But, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe we can get him. Maybe we can get him and Ken together on on a show Saturday night and see where we can go yeah. with that. All right, that yeah, would folks. Be it's better for yeah. It's better for me to just go with the flow, folks. At my age, I don't even know if I'm gonna be here the next day. So I'm very positive about living to 135, but I do have titanium in my neck, and I'm not feeling real good lately because my B12 has dropped real low. I'm having to take weekly shots and. I didn't have one this week, so I feel really, really low energy. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. So let's see what – all right, tomorrow I have to be really pumped up because I have to do psychic, but I usually get happy. So that's a very happy show tomorrow to help people. They call in and ask a question, Tom. If you want to come, you can come play too. But just uh, if you've got his number, I'm going to hang up. And, Mike, you and Ken – no, you and – See, this is a problem. One thing is my age. I'm not feeling good, and I can't be on target like I used to could 24-7. I'm winding down a little bit unless I get my 
uh, B12s back up so I can, you know, be a, uh, who I know I can be. All right. But, folks, I really do. I've had a lot of experience with extraterrestrial energy and men in black and, you know, working underground and working with the government and wearing all the uniforms. But, you know, people don't believe you. So it's in my book. So just Roswell UFO Encounters, start with that one. I think it's only 10 bucks or 17 but I don't even know. I don't know anymore. It's through Amazon and Lulu. But look for T.J. Morris or Teresa J. Morris on UFOs. Start reading those, or you can go free on UFO Digest in Canada. Read some of my articles on UFO Digest. All right, Tom, I guess welcome aboard, Thank Tom. You. Wasn't there a Thank song you, called Major Tom? Tom, wasn't it Major Tom? Uh, what was that? Oh, oh yeah, it was. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, Ground yeah. Control. Major Tom. Ground Control to Major Tom. Yeah. Okay, uh, we'll call you Major Tom. Something wrong. Okay, that sounds yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, you'll be Major like Tom. Yeah, okay. Mike's seventeen. Mike's number one. He's like seventeen oh one. He's a Star Trekker. So we give everybody a code name. <laughs> All right. Well, That's you guys great. talk well, to each other. Again. Mike, call him okay, first before you call me. Tom, I look okay. forward to getting to know you. I'm sorry I was off color and off weather tonight, Tom. I apologize, but I'll find my Well, I have a lot of stuff thing. for you. So. Good. So, okay. No problem well, at all. No problem. I, I'm, if you I'm don't interested mind, in you your can... psychic stuff, too, so. Oh, good. We'll come back tomorrow. Mike, yeah. Mike will fill you in. Mike's got to go to work. Got a few minutes. Mike, please call him for me. And I know y'all think I'm working Mike to death because if y'all tuned in, y'all know I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Mike. They know I can't do it by myself. So it's just too much, too many people, too many heads of state, too many directors, too many organizations. And I've got my own websites. So I've got to get up and get all these people on them. So they can get some stuff going. All right. Love and light, everybody. So I'll talk to you, uh, Thank you. tomorrow night. Yeah, we'll see you all tomorrow night for Psychic Medium. C.J. Morris tomorrow okay. night. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. coming